This is Web Suasion Conversation, episode 23. Welcome to the show. I am Ryan Williams, president and founder of the Web Suasion Group and Kapoka Studios here at Pinewood Atlanta Studios in Fayetteville, Georgia. Today on the show, we have Jonathan Warner. He is a seasoned training, organizational development, and performance improvement professional with over 20 years of experience. He assists clients to develop their workforce for compliance, quality, and maximum performance. His company is Workforce Training Partners, and they maximize tax credits for Georgia-based businesses by uncovering hidden opportunities that other accounting firms might miss. So Jonathan is going to talk to us today about what it takes to implement the Georgia retraining tax credit. A lot of that has to do with collecting data from his customers, and that's one thing that we at WebSuasion are very good at optimizing. In this case, he has to collect a lot of data from all of the employees that are getting retrained all of the course content, expenses, cost, a lot of different data points. And that's a situation where technology can make that whole process more automated, faster, you can process more and spend more time on your clients and bringing in more clients. So if you collect a lot of data from your clients to do what you need to do, take a look at your system, ask yourself, are you doing a lot of copy and pasting in the spreadsheets? Are you running a lot of formulas? Is that stuff that can be automated and put into the cloud? If you're not sure, give me a call. Ryan Williams at WebSuasion. Number is 404-418-8909, extension 10. I'm happy to talk to you and see if custom application development is the right solution for you. So now let's talk to Jonathan Warner of Workforce Training Partners. Jonathan, thanks for being on the show. Hey, Ryan, thanks for having me. This is great. So uh, let's talk about where you got started. Uh, you, you actually got started out in the, the Navy, right? In the air? I, I enlisted in the Navy when I was in civilian flight school back in 1985. There was this movie that came out. It was called Top Gun. I don't I, know if you, if you I, heard about I it. I remember very and well. so all of us that were in the school, mostly male dominated. We had a couple of gals, you know, we all wanted to be Tom Cruise, right? Right. And so after two years of college and I had some flight training, I needed a break. So I enlisted in the Navy with the intention of getting some training and then hopefully being appointed to aviation officers candidate school. Right. And it didn't turn out that way, but what I did get in the Navy was a lot of structure to my life that was missing. And I received an electronics education that rivals any technical school in the world. And I was able to work on helicopters and anti-submarine warfare equipment. It was great. And that led to a lot of things, which led me here. You were a flight instructor too, right? I was a flight. That's what brought me to Atlanta. Okay. Uh, After the military, I went back home and using my GI Bill benefits, I finished my bachelor's degree at Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. So now I had an associate's degree in aviation technology and a bachelor's degree in aviation management and i wanted to fly for delta airlines right because that's that's came to the hub that's the gold standard (laughs) so it's time to move to atlanta where did you come from tampa florida okay so i came to atlanta 
And I got a job with, I believe it was the Charlie Brown Flying Service at Fulton County Airport. Gotcha. And that was a tough road. Wasn't making a lot of money. And I was quickly running out of dollars. Yeah. So to fall back on my military training, I got a job at a company called Scientific Atlanta. Uh-huh. And if you had cable in the 1990s, you had this box on top of yep, your TV. I remember that. And it yeah. said Scientific Atlanta. Yeah. Well, guess what? I worked on that stuff. Funny. That's so, yeah, I totally remember that. And so as I was working at Scientific Atlanta, the state of Georgia had this program called Georgia Quick Start, yeah. an organization uh, affiliated with the Technical College System of Georgia that provides free training to companies that are expanding in our state. It's an economic development incentive program. Okay, And so they came to Scientific Atlanta to teach us how to solder. Gotcha. And I was in the Navy for a few years and I was pretty good at soldering. <laughs> kind of knew how to solder. So the instructor yeah. was watching me solder and he said, hey, you're, you're pretty good at that. I said, well, I spent three years doing it. He said, you think you could teach this? And I'm like, well, I have a background in adult education, flight instructor. Yeah. So I said, sure, I could do that. Well, let me introduce you to the folks at Quick Start. So I was introduced to Quick Start. They hired me quickly, having seen my background. Yeah. And I was very excited. So that got me into state government. And of course, for a guy that was really into electronics, right. and uh, I was very familiar with radar, I was told that I was going to be working with Rockwell International on a radar project. Gotcha. Awesome. So cool. So I went in for my first day and they said, Jonathan, you're not going to be working on a radar training class. And I said, okay, what am I going to do now? Because Rockwell had a layoff. And if, if you're laying off employees or you're decreasing, then the state's not going to give you that incentive. Right. Right. So I said, okay, what do you got? you're going to be working with Flowers Baking Company. Flowers Baking Company is building the largest, most technologically advanced bakery in the country (laughs) in Villarica, Georgia. And I said, I know nothing about baking bread. And you know what he said? You're going to learn. Wow. That's funny. So is this how you got into the whole tax credit thing, the training tax credit? It's common. Okay. So after having worked on several projects, developing training for a bakery, mm-hmm. uh, automotive manufacturing, wow. I worked with machine shops, all sorts of industries that I didn't have any exposure to. Right. I was pretty good at the job. So of course they said, hey, you're doing pretty well at this. Why don't you be a project manager? I said, I'd love to be a project manager. And so I was a training developer as a 1099. Mm-hmm. consultant. Right. So I now became a state employee and they sent me to the basic economic development course at Georgia Tech. Yep. And I was going to learn all about what economic development was. And we covered lots of things. It was an amazing experience. I met so many people. There was this section about tax incentives. I learned what a tax credit was. I had no idea. I was an electronics guy. Right. Yeah, I had no idea about taxes. Yeah. So I learned about tax credits. And as a project manager, part of our job was to discuss these tax incentives with our clients as we were developing their training programs. And a really good friend of mine, we established a rapport immediately, also a state employee. His name is Michael Jones. Right. And so Michael, as a state employee, was tasked to 
rewrite all of the policies and procedures for the Georgia retraining tax credit. Which was the Zell Miller thing? Is that? Yes. Uh, back in 1994, uh, there was, I believe it was called House Bill 1157. I hope I'm right about that. Mm-hmm. But it was called the Best Legislation, Business Expansion and Support Act. And that's where Governor Zell Miller put together this really robust package of incentives to entice companies that were coming to Georgia anyway for the Olympics in 1996. Right, right. We wanted to entice companies to establish their businesses here, but also foster a positive environment where businesses that were already here could grow. And along with jobs, tax credits, port tax credits, lots of other incentives, the idea was to incentivize companies to upgrade their technology and train their employees. So as an incentive to do that, the idea was to offset the training costs by offering a retraining tax credit. Right. So that was the birth of the Georgia retraining tax credit. But companies were taking lots of liberties with their tax credits. So the Georgia Department of Revenue called the Technical College System of Georgia. At that time, it was DTAE, the Georgia Department of Technical and Adult Education. They said, you guys have got to get a handle on this because by statute, by tax code, the Technical College System of Georgia is the administrative agency for the retraining tax credit. Okay. And there are reasons for that, and we can go into that if you'd like. (laughs) So Michael Jones was responsible for developing some policies and procedures, rolled that out to all the Technical College Vice Presidents of Economic Development, who before this year were responsible for reviewing auditing and approving retraining tax credit applications. So he wrote the book. He wrote the book. And so Michael figured out quickly that he could make money as a consultant now that he wrote the book. Because nobody knows how to do it. Nobody knew how how to do it. They didn't understand what the new protocols were. And so there was some training involved. The vice presidents knew what they had to do to approve these, but companies needed direction. And any CPA will tell you they know a lot, but it's impossible for them to know everything about everything. Right. A mile wide and an inch deep versus... Exactly. And so CPAs were relying on consultants like Michael uh, to advise them and also to work with their clients on how to take advantage of the retraining tax credit. And so Michael left the state and started his own company. Shortly thereafter, probably a few years... I had left the state. I had transferred from the central office of TCSG, where I was developing training programs and managing these programs for companies statewide. Really, my service area was north of a line from LaGrange to Macon to Augusta. I handled projects in that area. And so after I had left the central office, I went to work for Appalachian Technical College. Okay based out of Jasper, Georgia, which Uh since merged with Chattahoochee Technical College and North Metro Technical College, becoming Mm -hmm. the largest technical college in the state of Georgia, and I I think in the country. We we were big. And you were economic development director there? I was the director of economic development. And so it was my responsibility to look for opportunities to not only generate revenue for the college through customized training programs, but to work with Chamber of Commerce executives, development authority executives, to work with individuals 
officials at the Georgia Department of Economic Development and my former colleagues at Georgia Quick Start to foster the growth of business and industry. Was that still dealing with the tax credit at that point when you were doing Yes, because part of my responsibility was to go out to all of these companies and let them know what incentives were available to them. Right. Now, I couldn't recommend any particular consultant as a state employee. Right. But I said, look, you can do this yourselves and I can show you what the requirements are, but I strongly suggest you get with your CPA and tax advisor and they might be able to recommend you somebody who can do this for you. So that's where you and Michael started seeing the opportunity that, okay, we need to go into consulting. Well, Michael and I maintained a very good relationship, even though I was, as a state employee, unable to recommend him. Right. I, I was able oh, to- so he was already doing the consulting He was already doing it. Okay. And I was able to steer him in certain directions. Hey, why don't you go check out this new office park, this new industry? Yeah, These yeah. are some things that are happening in our state. And I think there are opportunities for you. A few years After that, I had left the state. Uh, I left Chattahoochee Technical College. Uh There was a downsizing. And just like many individuals who start their own companies, after almost 20 years with the state of Georgia, I was being downsized. My position was being eliminated. And so rather than take another position at the college that I really would not enjoy, I had to go home and tell my wife, A... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> My job was changing to the point where I wasn't going to work there anymore. Right. But B, this is something that I've always wanted to do. I want to start my own business and I have an idea. Yeah. So how long did it take for it to kind of take off? I mean, had Michael sort of established everything to a point to where you could just kind well, of jump in? Well, I didn't join Michael immediately. Okay. Uh, I wanted to establish a company that developed customized training. Okay. Part of my education was attending the University of Georgia mm-hmm. on the GI Bill. Thank you very much, people of the United States, for paying for my- Thank you for your service. Educa- You're very welcome. So uh, I still had GI Bill money left over, and I was running out of time. You, you got 10 years to use all the money. Right. Uh, it's called Chapter 30 GI Bill. I received almost $12,000 in nice. be- benefits. So it paid for a bachelor's degree, paid for commercial pilot's license and flight instructor ratings, right. and it paid for a graduate degree. Wow. Yeah, cool, right? That's great. Yeah, so- with that knowledge and skill set, I was pretty good at developing training programs. So I started my own training company. Short time later, I was working with a client that was doing some training that was retraining tax credit eligible. So I called Michael. I said, hey, Michael, I think we need to talk. I've got a client that can take advantage of this. Here's a client for you. I think there are ways that we can help each other. Yeah. So we re-engaged after a few years of you know, just coming and going, passing. And that arrangement worked out really well. And I was able to market returning tax credit to my clients that were eligible. And of course, hey, I brought training services, I brought OSHA compliance, and I brought them a tax credit that was going to help them pay for at least some of it. I was a hero. It was awesome. Yeah. And so Michael and I had a uh, staff meeting at one of our favorite meeting places, which was pretty much any Starbucks in the metro Atlanta area. (laughs) Right. And he said... I'm coming up on 63, however old he was at the time. And he said, "Uh, I'm thinking about getting out of this. Do you want to do this? And I thought, well, yeah, I could do that. So after about a year of talking about how we would merge our businesses, Uh we just came up with an arrangement where I would acquire his company. And so we did that. He somewhat went to work 
for workforce training partners. Gotcha. And were you still doing the training at that point? I was still doing the, the training at that point. And so over a period of four years, I started working all the companies that he was serving mm-hmm. and he taught me sort of the back end of the processes, which was the real value add right. to ensure that companies maximize their tax savings, taught me the process and he's been sort of phasing out. Right now we're in the last year okay. of our arrangement and really I owe a lot of the success to Michael's kindness, his coaching and just his friendship. And it's been a great ride. If there was a book that was written, here's how to merge two businesses. We could write that book and that's the way everybody should do it because it could not have turned out any better for both of us. That's great. That's great. So let's get into what the tax credit actually is because most businesses don't even know that it exists in the first place. That's true. It resides in a small corner of the Georgia tax code. And as we mentioned before, is a Georgia Economic Development Incentive Program that is designed to incent companies to invest in new technology and train their employees. And the purpose of the tax credit is to offset the training costs. Companies can take up to 50%, half of their investment in the training process for new technology. And what is this new technology? It's new tools, new equipment, new computer systems, new processes, new quality systems, anything in the work environment that has changed where employees have to stop producing, take some training, and then go back to work. Does it have to be a new system or does it have to be, can it be like an upgrade to a system? It can be an upgrade, but the upgrade has to be significant enough to require training. Uh, For example, if you have, let's say if you have a software program and the software was upgraded from version five to version six, and there are a few changes to that, but you can figure it out in about an hour or so. Gotcha. Historically, you would be able to get that approved. There are some changes going on right now where the Technical College System of Georgia Auditor is reluctant to approve those. However, if you're upgrading from version six to version 12, everything's different. Or building a custom system from something out of the box. Exactly. Anything of that nature that requires a lot of training, you can make a case. And And how do you justify that? Well, you have to justify that by having documentation. And that's part of the retraining tax credit process. It's part of the process of building the application package. I ask for documentation that takes the shape of training objectives, training schedules. I want to see training materials. Yeah actual training media, videos, books, anything of that nature that can justify the training, that can justify what was done. So it's just not enough for companies said, yeah, we did 10 hours of training. As the company's agent, remember, I'm the consultant. You're responsible for I'm responsible. I am presenting on the company's behalf. I present this application package to the state of Georgia. So I have to put on my state of Georgia auditor cap and I have to say, now you have to convince me that you did this training and you have to convince me why. Right. And if you're not going to do a good job, then I can't present it to the state of Georgia right. on your behalf. So convince me. Gotcha. And so, then if it flies, then I include it. And if they can't make the case, I have to tell the company, you really haven't made a case for 10 hours of training, but you've made a case to me for four hours of training. Here's how we're going to structure this. Gotcha. And that's sort of the value add. I have to coach them and advise them on how best to apply for a tax credit for a particular line item. So they're getting credit for the individual staff members who are being trained, but also if they're doing the training internally, they get credit for that as well as the, the course Absolutely. instructor. 
Absolutely. So some of the costs that are eligible to be used are wage costs. It costs companies money to send people to training. Right. Folks are making an hourly wage. And for every hour those folks are in training, that's a cost. There are also other costs, vendor costs. If companies hire a training company to come in and provide eligible training, that's a cost. In many cases, companies will purchase or lease a new machine. And so part of the purchase or lease agreement, the company that is leasing the equipment will come in and provide X amount of hours of training that could be included. If it's a line item on the lease, maybe? Or uh, something. Sh- sure, sure. Yeah. So uh, we, we include training. And so what I do is I extract the training cost from that lease fee. Gotcha. Or in many cases, training will be a separate line item on the lease invoice. And I'll take that cost. And that's eligible training cost. Any tools or equipment that are purchased specifically for the training process, those are eligible training costs. What about travel? Do they have to ever travel outside of Georgia for training? Does that affect? This is a Georgia tax credit. That is an eligible expense. And so if a company has to take employees and fly them to another city for training, that's eligible. I usually ask for the top three, airfare, hotel, and ground transportation. Right. I can use your $1.20 Chick-fil-A receipt from the airport. <laughs> but it's not going to get you. It's, it's eligible, but yeah. you know, now nitpicking we're not point. spending our time wisely. So right. we, we go after the major expenses, and that's eligible training expense. So what's the turnaround time usually on that tax credit? I mean, is it just immediately applicable to that year's taxes through their CPA? or Turnaround time, it depends on the size of the project. Some projects take a few weeks to turn around. There are some projects, if they're small enough and it happens during the time of year that is not tax time, that is not March uh, or February, then turnaround time is shorter. Now, how far can we go back? Current tax year. And the tax code says we can go back one tax year. Okay. So for companies that have already filed for 2018 and that deadline just sailed by, if I meet a new client today, they're like, wow, we we just installed this this new machine back in 2018 and we trained all our employees. I'm going to miss out, right? No, you're not going to miss out. I can go back one tax year. And in some cases, I can go back a little further for companies that file for an extension. Okay. And so, you know, it's all about timing there. So in many cases, we can still get you a tax credit. So since this is something that most businesses probably aren't looking for, how do you go about doing business development for yourself? How are you finding companies that can benefit from this? And what are some of the symptoms that they would be able to benefit from this that they might not recognize? Sure. The way I generate new business is I try to establish relationships with CPAs because what was the phrase that you used? Uh, A mile wide and an inch deep. Mile wide and an inch deep. Savvy CPAs recognize that. And so I have relationships with a few CPAs who will call me and say, I have a client that can take advantage of this please take care of them. So do you train them on how to recognize what could be seen as training or? I do. First, I meet with the CPAs. I make sure they understand what the tax code requires. Right. The tax code itself, you could read it in 10 minutes. It's like a page and a half. But remember that policy and procedure guideline book that Michael wrote, (laughs) it's it's that thing. So what I do is uh, I educate CPAs on both the front side and the back side, how I do my work so they understand it, so they can advise their clients. And then I have to do that education process again with the client, telling them what I need and why I need it. 
and I need the the who, what, where, when, why, how, and how much of every line item that's claimed, and that takes a little bit of time. And so once I explain that to companies, I have to train them. So the first year takes a little bit of time, but I have companies that I've been working with for a few years, and when I call them, usually around the October, November timeframe, saying, hey, it's time to start getting ready for your spring filing, some of them say, I've got it all waiting for you. That's great. So how do you get paid out of this? I take a percentage of tax savings. And so for companies that are keeping good records and for companies that are allowing me the opportunity to uh, offer them my expertise, maximizing their tax credit, they save a lot. And when they save more, then my revenue increases. And it's really a win-win, and it's a shared risk. Some of my competitors will ask for a retainer to go in and do an analysis. And in some cases, everything works out fine. But in other cases, these companies may not have a tax credit eligible opportunity. And so a company has invested a little, not a lot, but I I don't charge a retainer. I charge nothing to go in. You know, this shared risk means that let's invest some time together. And if I can save you money, we're both going to win. Right, right. So what are you looking forward to moving forward to 2020 and beyond with uh, Workforce Training Partners? As a business owner yourself, you know that you have to have an annual meeting every year. And so this year's annual meeting with myself and some of my advisors, we're going to figure out what 2020 is going to look like. I've already made some changes in the business. This past year, I have stopped my training and organization development practice. I haven't done a whole lot of that in the past couple years, and I'm not actively seeking it. I don't do the OSHA compliance piece anymore. I have a couple of little projects in the next six months only because uh, some longtime clients have approached me. I can still do it, but I've taken those off my website. And uh, my focus is going to be on retraining tax credit projects. It's going to be on business development. It's going to be on taking the process that has already worked and working to refine those processes so I can add even more value to my clients. I'm going to try to do my job better in 2020. I want to focus on ways that I can save my clients some time Yeah, because there's a lot of data collection and data entry that they have to do for me. Remember, who, what, where, when, why, how, and how much. So if there's a way that I can reduce the time and expense of them to do that, that would allow me an opportunity to do their work quicker, which would mean that I might be able to take on a little bit more work. So I'm going to be looking at those things for 2020. You know, you interviewed an entrepreneur a few weeks ago, and that entrepreneur told you that he had the best job in the world. Well, he was wrong. And I called him (laughs) and I told him that. I said, David, I have the best job in the world because I love it. I get to help clients save money. They think the process is great. They love working with me. I mean, things just couldn't be any better. I wish I would have done this sooner. We're just going to have to have a contest between the two of you and have that everybody judge that somehow i'm in <laughs> so as far as uh going out and finding those cpas and i would imagine business consultants are good for you as well what are you finding that's most effective are you going out to chambers of commerce or are you doing referral networking what kind of referral networking i found is great for me i'm one of those individuals not so unique anymore that has a home office. Right. And so I work with partners that also have home offices. Yeah. So right. I love getting out of the office and I love meeting people. I used to 
be a member of four or five different networking groups. I focus on only two or three right now. I find that if I can build strong relationships with a fewer amount of key people, I think that pays off in the long run. And I love referring business because if I can help a client by bringing them value beyond retraining tax credit, then I think that's great for my clients. It's also great for those in my network because then they see the value that I bring and they refer me. And I've done a lot of business that way. And your clients see the value that you bring them as well beyond what you're giving them. Exactly. And I've got, you know, I can tell several stories where I've introduced individuals in my network to my clients and my clients are just so thankful. And that makes me a trusted advisor. And every consultant wants to be that key trusted advisor to their clients. And I love that. I love getting out, you know, taking me back to the days when I was with state government. And I would travel all over North Georgia to large towns, small towns, getting into these little companies and seeing what's going on. I still get to do that. I'm fascinated by your studio here. I love seeing (laughs) what's going on. I love seeing the backside. Yeah. And even though I'm not developing training programs anymore, I still get to go and get the factory tour or the tour of the medical facility and just see how things work, see what's going on. I love that part of the job. One thing we often ask our guests is if you had one suggestion that you would make to somebody who is getting into either your field or something like your field or just starting a new business in general, what would that be? I tell you. A lot of the people that you have interviewed said, I wish I would have done this sooner. I wish I would have done this sooner. But here's a very important piece of information. For anybody who wants to take that leap from working for somebody else to entrepreneurship, you must talk to people who have done it before you. And I think about the individuals that I spoke with who helped me figure things out and I didn't have to figure them out for myself. Individuals who told me how to set up an LLC, yeah. why it's important to have liability insurance. Uh, there's a, a dear friend of ours who taught me QuickBooks. She said, if you're going to make this work, you have to do QuickBooks. Mm-hmm. And okay, pilot, avionics technician, I'm not a <laughs> trained accountant. right? And so she told me every time money moves, you have to write that down somewhere. If you get a check, you got to record it. If you deposit a check, you got to record it. If you spend money, you got to record it. And I learned this from somebody who was an expert, uh, insurance and setting up a marketing plan and all those elements about just how to run a business. The legal part. The legal part. You have to get legal counsel. Everybody has to talk to an attorney. And I just spoke with an attorney last week about something. I'm very thankful that that attorney is part of my network. You know, it's it's great to, to know those people. You have to have professional advice because it's one thing to be really good at what you do. Yeah. But if you can't run a business, then you're not going to be able to do the thing that you love. You have to be able to be good at what you do and be able to run the business. And the two, in fact, are mutually exclusive. You have to be good at both. So my advice is to seek out others who run businesses, who have been successful. I'm in my seventh year. Most businesses don't survive three, four years. Right. And so I credit the ongoing success of my being so lucky to have been able to do this for six years plus is the fact that those people who have run businesses told me, here's what you do and here's what you don't do. Mentorship. Yep. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Ryan. This has been awesome. So much fun. 
Thanks for listening to the show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting network. That could be Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else that you get your podcast. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go to our website, websuasion.com. That's W-E-B-S-U-A-S-I-O-N dot C-O-M. At the very top, you'll see social media links. One of those is YouTube. Click on that. It'll take you to our channel. Then click on the subscribe button and the bell icon, and you'll be notified anytime we post new videos. Generally, we post about two a day during the work week, and you can use those to share on your social media to your clients for a little continuous content and you'll help to promote our show which we always appreciate next week on the show we have liz parker president of lt consultants inc she is an international business consultant that uses the three p's purpose passion and practicality to inspire coach and challenge and facilitate leadership teams to discover the truths about themselves thereby creating a true and effective vision with strong values and focused strategic plan she is also a chair of a vistage team in South Carolina, which is a CEO peer advisory board uncovering hidden business and personal potential. We look forward to that and hope you'll join us. And until then, have a productive work week. Bye.